0: Good morning, everyone. I'm Mary Hemsworth from Cater.com, and today I'm delighted to be speaking to Robert Richardson, General Manager of the Cave Hotel and Resort, and Rachel Stevens, Guest Services Manager at South Lodge Hotel and Spa in Horsham. Hi, guys. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm good. Hi, How are Mary. you? Good. Right. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about leadership and mentoring. And my first question to you, I think both, is is a leader a mentor or is a mentor a leader so i'm going to start with robert robert what are your thoughts on
1: that okay well i think i think i've said to you previously whenever anyone says to me the word mentor i see gandalf don't know it why it's an automatic reaction for me and whereas i think a mentor is many things you know a guide a counselor confidant um an angel on your shoulder even i think that's also a leader OK, so if you're a leader of a team or a leader of a hotel or any business, to be fair, there is a part of your role where you have to develop your people and guide them forward through training, through expectation, through example. And I think you could argue there's a lot of blurred lines between a, uh, a mentor and a leader. But certainly, um, I would think as a general manager or as an HOD, that falls into the camp of being a leader. I would agree with that. Rick what do you think?
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I've used various mentors as my career has progressed and I'd go so far as to say I've used, you know, unofficial mentors. So, you know, those inspirational leaders that I've been fortunate enough to to meet within the industry and ultimately get to know and learn from. And I think as our role as leaders within the industry, uh, that just comes part of parcel of, um, your, you know, your role and... Um, it's our responsibility to coach and mentor our teams and, and support and develop them. So I think the two heavily interlink. Rachel, do you
0: believe that um, since lockdown, I mean, we, we're living in a very unusual time. And I know that you're both um, currently going through another lockdown. Um, do you believe that the demand on leaders um, for emotional support has increased over the last sort of eight, nine months?
2: Absolutely, yes. Um, I can definitely see, but even with uh, my team members, you know, that there's a level of anxiety with with the uncertainty with what's going on at the moment. So it's our our responsibility to, you know, remain as open and transparent as we possibly can. Um, Whenever I've been sort of informed pieces of information, I've always made a point of getting that out to my team as quickly and as promptly as possible so they're not all sat worrying and panicking about things and it's just important that you're that you sort of you you you're a strong figure for them and you're positive and optimistic because that definitely filters through as to how your how your team are behaving and responding in this situation and you know some may say being positive and optimistic during this time is naivety but I think it's leadership and I think it's us that need to be strong and and keep driving forwards and and keep the focused on you focus on you know the guest and and reopening and yeah and just performing well I don't know what Robert thinks but
1: well actually I agree this is going to be the least controversial um, interview ever I think, <laughs> you're pulling it back to the subject of mentorship are you a mentor because you're offering guidance, you're offering confidence and you're offering hope to people that are worried understandably about their future or are you actually leading them through this time? Now I remember when the second lockdown announcement happened and it was due to be four o'clock and then it was five o'clock and then it was six o'clock and it kept going on. I'd actually kept some of my team back at uh, my hotel because I had a worry that it would be an immediate lockdown like it was back in March 2020 and my phone was going mad with um, members of my team um, other hospitality professionals and they were all asking the same questions what's going to happen and I'm doing my best to reassure people and you can tell that tensions are high and people are nervous is that me mentoring 20 people by phone no it's not you know it's offering guidance in how far as I can go I can go but it's certainly not making me a mentor en masse, to coin phrase.
0: phrase. Picking up on that point for a minute, the, the, the distinction between a mentor and a leader is quite different. In, in my head, a mentor is someone that you choose to look up to or someone who inspires you um, that you feel you can learn from. Um, what do you think? Do you agree with that, Robert?
1: No, I do, I do, but I think... In having, a, and I, I don't say there's an issue with having a mentor at all, and but from my point of view, and very aligned with what Rachel says, I've got many people in my professional life that inspire me, that I that I can look up to, and having that sort of eclectic group, if you like, means I know I've got a problem in this specific area, and I know who to call about it. I've got a problem in a completely different area, I know how to talk about it, and conversely, we've got open and honest enough relationships that they'll turn around and say, literally, Robert stop being a dick or think about it a different way and i think if i had one sole mentor that wouldn't cover necessarily the breadth of the subject matter
0: i completely agree with that how about you rachel rachel i want to go back <coughs> i want to pass it back just slightly when you were talking about leading your team and communicating with them during the past few months you talked about training have you as a head of department received training to deal with the extra elements that your role <coughs> has now that your role now demands
2: we have had online training, yes, and and I've sort of been proactive in that. I've I've sort of done that externally as well and got a, additional exposure in areas. You know, discussing things like mental health is something that you don't get taught. Um, you know, when when you when you get into your first management role, that's not necessarily something that was at the forefront. Um, now it certainly is, and and I think it's really important for anyone that's leading a team to understand understand their individuals understand what makes them tick and, and you know just be there as a, a support mechanism and and it's important that you look after yourself as well i mean i'm talking about my team members but it's also important that you make time for, for yourself there's a lot of um extra pressures that are put on on your you and you, you need to be seen as that strong figure so it's important you take time out for yourself as well i well, i, I
0: think
1: that of Sorry, Yeah, no, go ahead. Um, so it's been a few years since I've been a head of department and it was only last year that I actually went and I um, trained in uh, mental health and this was something that actually I hadn't thought about and one day out of the blue um, Someone I know at Hit training phoned me up and said, would you like to do this? And I went and I did it and it took about half a year and it was depressing, honestly, because it's a depressing subject. And myself and my cohorts, we bonded quite well. And we'd leave the, the course, it was up in London. We'd go to the pub and we would sit there for that first drink. And no one would say a word. We were just absolutely shocked by it. We skipped forward to now and never, has certainly in my career, mental health awareness been as prevalent. But I would say, do I fall back on the training that I've had? To an extent, yes, I do. But more importantly than that, I think, you know, we're now learning that you should never underestimate the power of just talking to someone. You don't need to have a raft of experience on the subject. You just need to be a good listener.
0: I, I, I think that's absolutely true. And as long as people feel that they're being heard, that can go a really long way. And it, it's about using empathy as well. That can go absolutely. such a long way to to helping people's well-being and, and helping their resilience, because we need people to be resilient through this. Because obviously lockdown two point that's kind of a, where are we go now. I mean, I read this morning that Glen Eagles is shutting till next year, which is just yeah. you know, wow, because huge. And you think the impact of that on their teams and on their resilience and and you know how they're going to bounce? It's such a, so much going on right now. Well,
1: something. Um, go on, sorry. Something I heard just this last week was about a very senior business leader and this person had numerous um, businesses in their portfolio, high pressure job, high net worth individual and due to Covid he's no longer in that position through no fault of his own and currently he's in a mid-level role in essential retail and it just got me thinking you know firstly how would I react if that was me and I had certain feelings on the subject conversely how would I react when hopefully this person re-enters our industry, which I'm sure will happen because our industry is absolutely going to come back and how if I was the person that had to guide them through that transition, how would I do it? And I think certainly the first thing that came to my mind is this person's perception of their role, of their value in the industry, and certainly how the industry works will be affected um, potentially negatively. They've worked in a different industry, so that will refresh how they operate and how they perceive things. So it just became really interesting, almost internal discussion.
0: It, it's something you and I have spoken about, and Rachel, I know you you've been thinking about this too. It's the idea that um, managers and leaders um, are suddenly <coughs> having people join their teams who, in a previous role, they have held much more responsibility or been much higher up the hospitality sort of ladder, if you like. And now, um, as a head of department and a, a general manager, you're having to manage and lead people who may have years more experience than you. And I just wonder how you approach that. What are your thoughts? I'll start with you, Rachel.
2: Well, I think it, it's important to acknowledge that you learn from everyone, regardless of what stage you're at in your career. So, for me personally, I've always, I've, I've always known that I learned from, you know, the people I work alongside, uh, the people I report into, but also. The people that report into me so you know i i, I perceive all of my team members uh, as sort of providing me with you know invaluable lessons throughout my you know time as head of department i haven't really had that experience in the workplace where you know i've i've had someone come in uh, working for me that's you know been in a previously <coughs> higher rank shall we say and um, But I did have a similar experience outside of the workplace where I've recently joined the board of trustees for the Institute of Hospitality. And I'm the um, first ever head of department level board member. And I remember at my first meeting looking around this virtual room uh, to see, you know, business leaders, company executives uh, and people with far more experience than I and it made me wonder if I was out of my depth being there but you know people I've got the utmost admiration for and consider it an honour to sit on the board with but my career journey just hasn't necessarily caught up with theirs yet and it was only when I got talking with someone and they told me that I shouldn't think about the positions of the other people in the room but more so the fact that I've earned the right to sit at that same table and I think, yeah, man- managers should just think to themselves that you've, you've earned your place in this, you know, you've earned your place in this business. Um, and that level of parity was useful for me in what could have otherwise been quite an overwhelming situation, as you can imagine. But. Well, it's
0: almost it's almost that feeling of imposter syndrome. It's why am I here? And Robert's nodding. Robert, what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, actually, um, Rachel and my journey has actually been aligned to an extent over the last couple of months, because at the time Rachel joined the board, um, I've actually been on the board uh, about a year and a half, but I was fortunate enough to be voted to become their new vice chairman. And I'm sort of sitting there, and when I found out that I'd won the vote, and I'm now going to join the the long list of incredible vice chairmen, and maybe even one day chairmen of the IOH, I sort of sat there for a good hour, thinking, oh my God, this is this is bonkers. How am I gonna do this? And then much like Rachel, I looked around that virtual room and there's people that are far more advanced in their careers than I am or people that own their own companies. Every single person around that table, Rachel included, is inspiring, genuinely fantastic and has a lot to offer. I'm sitting there thinking, why do they want me? It's bonkers. And then you have to take yourself out of the situation And yeah, I I think Rachel definitely agrees there. But you take yourself away from the situation and look at it and say, OK, these people that you respect, these people that are around this table, they have decided Rachel Stevens should join them. They have decided Robert Richardson should be the vice chairman. So if I respect these people and I'm saying that these are people whose voices I should hear, and if that's the decision they've made, well, who am I to argue? And I agree that maybe sounds slightly arrogant. dispassionately i think that's what got me through the transition of going from a to b on the board
0: so so what i'm picking up from this is that there are people coming back into the industry who Mm. may have been general managers who are now coming back in and they may for whatever reason for example be a night porter and what you're saying Mm. is that um in managing those people learn from them and uh if, if but they themselves may have Feelings of resentment because, for instance, they may be older than you, or and they will be much more experienced than you. And I suppose I think my thoughts are: how do you lead? Um, it, it's it's when you learn from somebody that's fantastic, but how do you lead someone who doesn't want to be where they are, or doesn't feel that they they are where they are because <laughs> they come through no fault of their own? I'm going to start with Rachel there.
2: I think that that's the level of empowering them to, you know, take on responsibility, take on additional responsibilities. Yes, they might be, uh, they might be coming in as a night porter, but there's certainly areas that you can give them sort of additional levels of responsibility for and empower them to make decisions on things. Um, And I think that goes a long way in sort of keeping them engaged and enthused. Uh, if it's someone, it, the likelihood is it's going to be someone that's come from a, a different company or another business into your own. So uh, you've you've got to see that as a positive sort of learning opportunity as well there. And and you you know um, I'm very open to different ideas and ways of doing things. So I think really it's just a case of in, empowering them to you know get, put put ideas forward, put ideas onto the table and make it happen. So.
0: I think that's very good. How about you, Robert? I mean, you and I have spoken about somebody in your experience who had was a much higher level who is now, through no fault of their own, working in your team. Um. So I mean, how are you managing that? How would you approach that? What would be your advice be?
1: Well, that um, isn't something that's happening now. That was something historic. But yes. Sorry, essentially, I, I um, at one stage of my career, I had um, employed someone on a it was basically a fixed-term role to support me on a specific project and that person, through no fault of their own, had been a hugely successful general manager. Um, That person was considerably older than me, considerably more experienced than me. Um, They first started in the world of hospitality decades before I was born. So in my hierarchical brain, and quite unreasonably internally, I was thinking, why is that person here doing this for me? It should be the other way around. And the problem in that situation initially was me, because it was my perspective that was flawed. And I think when you've got someone in that situation, um, obviously you have to be respectful of the journey they've had and how currently they've ended up at the destination they have so far. And you've got to appreciate that their perspective will be influenced by the fact they have far more experience than you. And potentially they might be resentful of the situation. Um, Certainly to be fair, they weren't resentful of me or the business or what they were doing, but you can understand that and I think you're walking a very fine line between bringing someone forward and hopefully bringing up their self-esteem at a time where it might be low, uh, they might be depressed, their mental health might have suffered and in moving that forward, keep in mind obviously if you have a job to do at the end of the day, you've got a real risk of it turning into an absolute omni-shambles. Conversely, you might be able to turn the situation around and draw on them and I have to say I learned a lot from this individual and they've gone on they're back doing what they love they gym GM of another hotel and they're doing fantastically but it was almost a very awkward time.
0: Yeah I completely appreciate that and I, as we go through the second lockdown and into the new year I do there will be amazing people hospitality people who through no fault of their own will be looking for new roles what advice would you give them? I think for me, it's about putting aside what you've always done in the past. Um, I, I, you know, maybe core skills. I don't know, Rachel. What would you? What would your advice be to a job seeker going forward?
2: Um, so I would just say be very open-minded. Don't necessarily uh, stick to what what you originally had planned. Just be open-minded and. If it is a case of you're going into an industry that is booming and thriving at the moment, just in the meantime to sort of tick you over, uh, just look at the companies you're going for and think what value they're going to bring to you. Um, for instance, I don't know, you might end up as you know an Amazon delivery driver or working in the warehouse, but it's you know, you're still going to learn sort of logistical things and skill sets that you can then bring back into the industry when it is when it has sort of built itself back up again and it's thriving so and you know just I think as industry leaders we need to identify that there will be this feeling of disconnect from the hospitality industry and we do need to keep supporting and, and engaging with these people and and inspiring them so I've personally done a few you know virtual ser- series where It's always been a positive message and it's kept people informed and connected during this time. I mean, we've all got individuals that have been absent from the business for very long periods of time. So we need to keep them engaged and, uh, you know, enthused and and ready for when the industry does bounce back, which inevitably it, it will do. I couldn't
0: agree more. And Robert, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I don't think actually I could have said it better than Rachel, to be fair, but I think we have to approach things with an open mind. We all have skill sets. One of the best things about hospitality is it's multifaceted. So your skill set is broader than hypothetically if you're working in retail, of course, there being nothing wrong with retail. And maybe you, you will have to take a bit of a career change at the moment through circumstance but who's to say that's not the best thing for you? Sometimes things happen for a reason and maybe that's it. Now, I know of a colleague that has exited hospitality because the, the role's not there anymore and they've gone to a logistical job and they are loving it and they're now qualifying in it. And would they have chosen that? Probably not, but they're there and they turned around and said, actually, this was a really good thing for me.
0: Uh, but, it, it's, we're hearing those stories. And we want to welcome those people back, and I quite agree with, uh, with Rachel's point that, you know, let's keep our arms open and keep pe- keep in touch with our colleagues, even if they've left the industry, because if they were good enough to be a GM or whatever in the past, they'll still be good enough when this is over, I think. And um, finally, I, we, we started talking about leadership and mentorship, and we've talked about um, mm-hmm. managing with empathy. Is there anything else? I mean, do you believe that now is the time for leaders to step up because uh, during lockdown um, one, everybody was um, offering online classes and events to attend, and masterclasses and stuff like that. Lockdown two is a very different fish. It's a shorter lockdown, we hope, but it's a very different fish. And do you believe that now is the time for leaders to step up and take on almost a mentorship role? And if you do, what kind of training would you recommend that they get? So I'm going to start with Robert for that one.
1: Okay, I think there's no prescriptive guide of training out there, how you inspire people during lockdown, and maybe that's something we should get out and make a fortune, because there's obviously demand for it. (laughs) Uh But I think something, and this actually only occurred to me last night, and I was talking to someone, and I'm going to go off on a tangent and I apologise. But it occurs to me, um, and coming back to how we started this interview today, when we're talking about resource right now, there's so much out there. Videos like this, a lot of content, Caterer.com, the Institute of Hospitality, Mastering Holders are putting out there, is really, really useful. Obviously, we're doing less at the moment, as you've just said, than we did in lockdown one. But conversely, you look at the rise of social media and you look at business leaders or people leaders or whatever, what have you out there and social media predominantly is a career progression for them where they're posting their highs, their lows, their achievements, and we're almost becoming individual stories. So it's not Rachel Stevens, the professional, it's the story of Rachel Stevens and people will look at that and they'll see the heights that she's aspiring to and hopefully follow suit. And right there, you've got a resource. And I think certainly talking to people, talking to my network, that's what a lot of people are doing so when we talk about should there be a guide out there there already is so everyone probably you should start following Rachel on twitter
0: (laughs) that's one heck of a recommendation Uh, Rachel what about you what are your thoughts
2: I think you know when you say is is now the time for mentors and leaders to step up I think you know we should it's our duty to look after these individuals anyway so even you know, yeah, regardless of the situation, you, you need to be taking care of your teams and looking after them um, even, you know, when the when the industry is thriving and, and doing what we do best. So, um, yes, I, I, um, with regards to sort of any training programmes we should put out there, like Robert said, I think just utilising on, you know, so many different hospitality st- and inspiring hospitality stories that we've got out there is enough for you know, to keep people engaged and enthused and inspired. And and there's so many individuals in our industry which are more than happy to, you know, uh, their inbox is always open or their phone, you, you know, they're always open to, to support and provide guidance where they can. So that's something I'm, I'm really proud of within our industry. And I think we're unique in that respect. So
0: yeah it's that thing of everybody the hospitality family everybody's coming together and supporting (laughs) each other which you know as you say in other sectors you don't see on that note i think um we'll end thank you both very very much for taking the time to talk to me today keep doing what you're doing because it's clearly working and i hope that i get to interview you both again soon take care and enjoy the rest of your day Bye. Uh,
2: Bye. bye